This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go! One-handed catch and a touchdown! Oh, baby! How's that for? Here's Craig Grealow, Paul Calvisi, and 13-year NFL veteran Drew Stanton. Well, as we speak, gentlemen, the conditioning test is underway. It is official. Training camp has started. The next four weeks, coaches and players will call State Farm Stadium home. In other words, Drew, the offseason is over. I've got to ask. The conditioning test or run test, whatever adjective you want to toss in there with this test before the real work begins on Wednesday. Any stories or or quarterbacks exempt here of the run test? Ugh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody dreads it because you just want to get it passed, but nobody dreads it more than Buddy Morris, the strength coach here, because he's terrified that somebody's going to get hurt. I mean, he is absolutely insane until that thing's over. The nice thing with B.A. is, unfortunately, we had to report with rookies and everybody else coming back from injury, kind of like Colton and the other quarterbacks had to do here. So we didn't have to do the run test because we, you know, we showed up and, and got everybody everything done it was kind of a soft opening which was nice i mean you get you get acclimated you get adjusted and as we talked about last week it's a shift in the mindset of how you approach each day how you're going about everything and so to be able to kind of of ease your way into it it makes it that much easier from the standpoint of mentally physically all of that's going to be asked of you through the duration of the season uh, is really what you're hoping you're prepped for now and you go out there and you get this run test behind you and then you get to the real football from the end of minicamp to the start of training camp, about six weeks in which there is no activity within the building as far as seeing the player. So this is kind of like a little jumping off point, if you will, this conditioning test. But I get, Paul, you you would pass with flying colors. You and I would have no trouble with today's conditioning test. Well, I tell you, I, uh, although I have been winning the offseason, gentlemen, I think that's just understood. Uh, not so much of the cardio. You know, I've been focusing more on the guns, but I'm sorry. Everybody, everybody comes in second to Aaron Rodgers today That's and true. what he looked like entering Packers camp, uh, basically recreating Nicolas Cage from Con Air. Uh, that, that's the look. I don't care. Even J.J. Watt with his shirt off today, you know, downloading dad bod and as good as he looked on social media recently, I'm sorry, no match for Aaron Rodgers. It's impressive on how some players decide to show up if you want to make a spectacle or just kind of duck in through the back door, but, you know, debut new haircuts new wardrobes vehicles i mean there's all kinds of different things drew yeah when i came when i was at indianapolis the one year i was there uh reggie wayne always came in um to to training camp in some different fashion or form the year i was there i think he came in in a helicopter i mean so yeah i mean there's all this the different ways of doing it and whatnot and again it's something fun to be able to kind of uh just transition into I mean because of the suspense of it and uh, you know I think about Antonio Brown rolling up to training camp in some crazy car or whatever it was um, 
it's just a neat way to kind of roll it out there and uh, a nice introduction to the season. Well, as I mentioned, the offseason is over, and so too is what dominated much of the offseason for the Arizona Cardinals, and that is a contract extension for the franchise. Quarterback Kyler Murray inking a five-year extension. He is signed through 2028. That is done, and now everyone can just focus on the X's and O's. Let's go back to Friday the press conference to announce the contract, Kyler Murray, on becoming an Arizona Cardinal through 2028. It's a blessing. I'm so grateful and honored, you know, for the confidence that they've shown in me, um, the faith that they've shown in me to take a 5'10 quarterback that's never been done before. Um, And I understood, you know, the the heat that they would take, you know, for doing that. Um, For me, it's always been about fulfilling my promise, which is hopefully one day to bring a championship to this organization. And um, I'm a firm believer in, in, in bringing that here. As we've said several times, Paul, it was never a question of if, but when. And the when was answered middle of last week. And now, again, it is all about winning on Sundays because we don't have to talk about contract and bad vibes, if you will, or the dark cloud that the offseason consisted of. Yeah. Ultimately, it was a matter of just filling in those blanks. Now, it was a roller coaster ride to get there, but eventually the blanks were filled in. How many years? How many millions? How many guaranteed millions? But it was interesting to hear Kyler hit zoom out and reflect back on his career. When you say when and if, according to Kyler, there was doubt whether he would even be a D1 quarterback based on his size, despite all his high school success. The way Kyler tells it, you know, there was a lot of doubt that he'd be around one quarterback just based on his stature, despite the fact he won the Heisman. So to hear him thank the club and the organization for taking the risk, and I said it before and I'll say it again, I think there was much more risk in the Cardinals drafting five foot ten Kyler Murray with only one season of college ball under his belt, albeit spectacular, than there is the risk now of investing over $200 million over the next seven years. And what else he pointed out, and you hear this a lot from athletes, Drew, is, quote, I really don't do this for money. I'm solely focused on football. But I got to say, I tend to believe him just a little bit on that side because of how focused he is as far as on the football field and everything that he does to get ready to be elite and he is elite his talent is undeniable now we need to see some consistency but the fact that yeah he is here and he's not going anywhere yeah well i think that's all put to bed and that's really what you want is that guaranteed money is really what you're looking at because everything else is kind of fluff uh as we find that in the nfl because our contracts are not guaranteed uh but you look at the the nuances of the contract and that's really where it becomes interesting is because you want to make sure he's here you want to make sure he's invested and he's talked about that and i think that him being around is of the utmost importance we've talked about it you know around uh, the off season is, is that slow or time to kind of see what happened in the previous years or or what you can do to improve and get better and it's about keeping that nucleus together the franchise quarterback is here that's set in stone and now that's going to bring in free agents that's going to be able to do all these things because he is immensely talented he is so talented he can do so many things for you on a football field to help you win a football game and guys gravitate towards that DeAndre Hopkins was excited to come here AJ Green was excited to come here so you can infuse talent in here and you can keep it in coming consistently because 
because of a guy that you know is going to be here through 2028. Average annual value, $46.1 million, second highest behind only Aaron Rodgers. Details of the contract, though, continue to trickle out. There is upwards of $9 million in workout bonuses. To your point, Drew, are you here in the offseason and not in Dallas? And then what really broke on Monday, the independent study clause that is requiring Kyler Murray to put in four hours of film study each and every game week, which as a quarterback, Drew, you're doing anyway. You should be doing anyway. You should. Yeah, you should. And I think for Kyler, because he's still a young guy that's figuring it out and, and hopefully having Colt here for year two, that you know they'll be able to find that consistency. I know that the, throughout the course of my career, learning from older veterans on how you go about it, how you structure your week, and it just becomes habit. It becomes the way you go about that week. And Monday, you're probably burying four hours of film if you're doing your job at the, at the level you should be on Monday alone. And and so sometimes, um, you know, this offense and there's different things you're trying to be the aggressor within Cliff's offense you're trying to push the envelope and do that and sometimes you're not worried about what you're seeing you're just reacting and, and I think for Kyler to take those next steps uh, and the contract that he's been given and what's going to be on his plate he's willing to do that he just now has to take the bull by the horns and say okay I'm going to take ownership of this offense I'm going to take ownership of everything we need to do to put us in the best possible position on every single play and maybe in the past he said go, go out there read react and athleticism will will suffice, that's not going to be the answer anymore. You're, you're the price tag that has been given to you, the expectation that is now for you to move forward for this team to be a Super Bowl caliber of team, your quarterback has to be playing really well. And there can't be a, you know, a multitude of games where you just didn't show up or you had excuses and say, I wish I would have studied more. So, you know, th- this isn't that surprising. I think uh, this is the, the era that we are in nowadays. These guys are so immensely talented that some of them can go out and play. And, and there's no exception to Kyler. He's probably at the top of that list. And so now trying to marry it all together. And, and this isn't that, again, this is not surprising from the standpoint of what it is. It's just a matter of, of making sure that all of your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed. Through and three you know C. Oh, go ahead, Paul. I was going to say, Craig, you you know, and, and to that point, there's two things also that, you know, it's not surprising. Number one, the New York Times article came out in late December, right, where, where Kyler admitted that a lot of times he'll act on instinct versus film study. And then number two, when he's always been the most talented player, the most talented player on the field, not just the most talented quarterback, but really the best athlete on the field. It would make sense that, you know what, he hasn't had to rely on a lot of the film prep over the years. So, obviously, this is an area that the Cardinals want to see improvement in. Otherwise, it wouldn't be in there. And when he says at the press conference that, you know, it's the pressure I've always wanted, meaning the massive contract, second only Aaron Rodgers and annual value, well, it's just yet another motivating factor, isn't it? Number one would be the playoff loss and his playoff performance. Number two, would this be, be this independent study addendum? So, boom. I think there's a lot. And because it's all very public, basically everything's public as a franchise NFL quarterback, uh, I think it's going to really be a driving force effective this season and going forward for many seasons to come. Well, bottom line, at the end of the day, you're judged by wins and losses. How are you performing on Sundays? And that's the consistency part that we need to see more out of K1, at least through three seasons. AP Offensive Rookie of the Year, two-time Pro Bowler, but there is that next step that I even think he believes he can take. His head coach, Cliff King on Kyler Murray getting the contracts and just the skill set that he brings to the Arizona Cardinals. 
he's going to continue to get better. Uh, the contract deal, I feel really good about. He's our future here. I mean, the talent, I've said it since I got here, is, is generational. Each year, you, you look at the stats, you look at any wins, anything, it's gotten dramatically better. And, and that's what I've been really excited about. I knew when we drafted him, he had a chance to be one of the top guys in the league, and I think he's proven that. I mean, the kids come in, rookie of the year, uh, back-to-back Pro Bowls. I think he takes criticism, which we all do. I think some of his is unfair for some reasons I won't get into here. But we know what he brings, and, and every Sunday we line up with him as quarterback, we have a real chance to win any game. Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury on the most recent edition of the Dave Pash podcast. It is episode 33. You can go to at Pash Pod for the latest updates on the Dave Pash podcast. But a great conversation between the head coach and the voice of the Arizona Cardinals. Speaking of voices, we also have heard recently from former Cardinals quarterback, Ring of Honor member, Hall of Famer Kurt Warner on a recent edition of the Big Red Rage talking about the Cardinals' future at the quarterback position. One Kyler Murray. I think if you put all the skill sets of every quarterback in the National Football League together, from athleticism to throwing ability, he may be the most talented quarterback we have in the National Football League. He is such a gifted thrower of the football, and that doesn't mean just a big arm. He understands how to make different throws. He understands how to throw with touch. So it's a rare combination of his athleticism as well as his throwing ability. Now if he can piece together, you know, getting better every year inside the pocket and making those layups game in and game out, you know, it's already scary. But if he could develop more inside the pocket along with everything else he has, man, it would really, really be nasty for every NFL defense. That is high praise there, Drew, from Kurtz. But to his point, that's the next step in the evolution of this young quarterback who is still 24 years old, soon to be 25 in August. But being that pocket passer, and we've heard from Kyler, he wants to remain in the pocket and get that ball to his playmakers. Yeah. Uh, did you refer to him as K1? That's two nickname now that we're, I mean, you, you said, track. Yeah, I like I, well, I mean, before, are we going to have to rub a, off on a K1 to Hollywood Brown eventually is what's going to come out of your mouth. But yeah, well, I think if you look again, and I don't want to belabor this point, but the four hours of studying, right? Where do you make those leaps and bounds inside the pocket that everybody wants to see him do? Through film study, through anticipation, through understanding through defensive identification. So, you know, this is just a little carrot to dangle out there for Kyler to be able to come because everybody wants to see him stay in the pocket. He's capable of making those throws. He's able to take something off and be able to place it with touch, as Kurt was alluding to. Those are all skill sets that you usually don't see from somebody as young as he is because he's doing it. And again, he's just going out there and reading and reacting. Those are his words. You you couple that with the film study of, okay, well, I can change the protection here. I can remike this. Okay, I know that because the linebackers are all you know, push to the right that the safety's dropping down weak that I can be able to take this throw and put it in this area. All of those things you find out throughout the course of the week, not only through film study, but then also out on the field, and you tweak it, you tailor it, and you perfect it. And that's really the next step that you want to see for, for Kyler, and he's capable of it. Uh, we all know that he is, and he has all of the talent around him to be able to go out there and do it. And now, now it's just a matter of putting it all together. You know, Paul, you might have to change your marketing slogan, come for the arm, stay for the legs, if we do see Kyler Murray, K1, in the pocket more often. Well, you know, we did evolve it at times last year when he was going to his second, third, and fourth reads, according to players, and what they told us after the game was, come for the arms, stay for the legs, fear the mind. 
and that is the next step. Guys, remember what Nick Vigil said when he signed with the Cardinals and they asked him about playing against Kyler in week two last year. He said our game plan was twofold. Mike Zimmer's game plan on defense. One, don't let Nuke beat us. Number two, keep Kyler in the pocket. Every defense wants to keep him in the pocket. Hence, he's got to learn how to beat defenses from the pocket. Stay in the pocket. Get that ball to your playmakers like a Rondell Moore. We'll touch on that as we continue here. The Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Murray takes a low snap, throws quickly to the left flat to Moore, and he darts forward at the 30, at the 35, far side of the 40, 45, 50 into Titan territory, and slammed out of bounds at the 47-yard line, a 28-yard catch and run. And again, as soon as Rondale Moore catches it, he is lightning up the field. Woo! Get him the ball on the perimeter and let him run. The Jets in the pants, baby. Well, they're catching running, or even special teams. Rondell Moore in his first season a year ago, the eighth most all-purpose yards among rookies, though that was year one. Year two, a lot more is expected as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. Craig Riolu, Drew Stanton, and Paul Calvisi on day one of Cardinals training camp. The first practice is Wednesday. First open practice is Saturday at State Farm Stadium. Go to azcardinals.com for more information. But I turn to you, Paul, because it was very early in the offseason with respects to Rondell Moore and in addition, uh, the Big Red Rage with wide receivers coach Sean Jefferson talking about Rondell Moore and how they want to use the second year wide out in year two. Not so much near and around the line of scrimmage as he was last season, but more that vertical threat down the field. And that was the question to the Cardinals receivers coach was it just seemed like Rondell Moore, most of his touches were horizontal as opposed to vertical, you know, going laterally either way down the line of scrimmage, almost like he was just the designated eye candy guy in in a lot of times. And and, and it was an immediate reaction from Sean Jefferson, not only what he said, but how he, he just lurched forward in his seat and his eyes got big and he said there is so much more under the hood that we haven't seen for Rondell Moore. There's all that horsepower that just did not hit the field last year. In fact, I'll take you to last training camp, guys. I was It was about midway through the dog days of training camp. We were in the meal room, and I was talking to a guy with more than 12 years in the league, a veteran who shall remain nameless. And in the middle of our conversation, he gave me the Heisman. He said, wait, hang on. See that guy? See that kid right there? That kid's going to be something. And he was talking about Rondale Moore. Players know players, as Drew says. So when a veteran, after a couple of weeks of watching a Rondell Moore last camp, had that to say, you know, I'll say the expectations were bigger. There's no doubt about it. But it's not just from what we saw on the field. I think it's Rondell Moore himself. I mean, Rondell Moore has expressed this desire and what was a driving factor in the offseason to be a more well-rounded receiver, how his stature doesn't, you know, doesn't negate his ability to make catches downfield. In fact, just the separation he's able to get based on those metrics from college, I think we're all anticipating that this year. And based on everything that's been said, he's going to get that opportunity this season. And you hear from 
the young man, 22 years old, Drew, and he is so matter-of-fact and just, okay, what do I need to do to be successful? He will work Monday through Saturday to be successful on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of drafting somebody like that. A guy that's had to overcome a lot because his measurables sometimes don't jump out of you is shorter stature, but everything he has that you cannot measure is what you're looking for at that position. A second-round pick that can come in and do that. And look, there is an acclimation phase when you join, jump into the wide receiver position. Everything's hand signals. Who knows what he was running in college compared to what is asked of him now. So uh, you look at a full offseason. You get a chance to digest everything. You get a chance to go back and see yourself on film. And he's talked about that. That didn't even look like me out there at times. And the, that is a, a really good sign of things to come. Again, the, mat- the maturation process that it goes to be able to make that jump in year two there's no indication that we would think that otherwise that he's going to not be able to go out and do it. I mean, even last year, you look at a small sample size. He had 54 catches and, and 18 rushes, as it says. And you see that he's kind of that gadget guy, but there's so much more left there. There's so much more that he can provide for you over the middle of the field, in the slot, doing stuff, going deep. So, you know, everybody is looking forward to this guy really answering the bell. And again, the expectation's high because he puts that on himself. Expectation's high, not only for himself, but the coaching staff. We referenced Sean Jefferson. Well, how about we hear from head coach Cliff Kingsbury talking with Dave Pash on the Dave Pash podcast about Rondell Moore in year two. How did Rondell Moore adapt to the NFL? And then how do you see his role changing it all here in year two for him? Losing Christian Kirk is tough because he's such a tremendous player and person in this organization and so happy for, for where he went and, and the deal he got. But uh, Rondell was definitely waiting in the wings. I mean, he thinks he's the best player on the field every time he steps out there. And uh, we limited those opportunities last year just because we had so many talented players and he had a hard time accepting that, which is what you want. But I, I think anytime he was healthy and on the field, you saw the impact he made. And it's, it's his year really to show what he can do in that position, getting more reps um, and and I think we're all excited to, to show you know week one what he's about and I tell you to follow up on that Sean Jefferson as I sidetrack my own self Sean Jefferson's answer to our question about how equipped is Rondell Moore and he said absolutely and he really praised Rondell Moore's entire route tree that he can run every route that you would see in a playbook and in an offensive system he can be that chunk throw guy down the field he can be the guy who can make a catch in traffic we saw some of that in fact I would say We saw more of the real Rondell Moore in training camp last year during some of the full-out 11-on-11 than we really saw during the season for the most part. And and some of that had to do with injury. There are a lot of times that Rondell Moore, especially the second half of the season, was standing next to the sideline pencil neck reporter, yours truly, and there he was in sweats and in street clothes. So he's got to stay healthy. But there's no doubt that, and this is verified by Sean Jefferson, his receivers coach, that, that if you're looking for a breakout guy in year two, all you fantasy football owners, Rondell Moore might be that guy. Stay healthy. He missed three games last season with an ankle injury, but you hear... Cliff talk about Christian Kirk and the role that is now available for Rondell Moore. Well, that was asked of Rondell in the offseason back in early June. Quote, I'm not here to replace anyone or be like anybody, just be myself. 
But there is an opportunity here, Drew. When you lose a Christian Kirk, you're leading pass catcher, you're leading receiver in terms of yards. So there is an opening there within this offense, specifically in the slot. And even if you are lined up inside, I've seen receivers line up inside and still run that deep route, be that outside threat as far as Kyler looking downfield more. Yeah, well, I think it's just a testament to the the man that he is, to have that response, to have the confidence to say that and truly believe it. I think that that is great in and of itself. Um, going back to kind of what Paul was talking about, right? He's a smaller guy. He has to learn how to stay healthy. And, and there's a lot more into that than just, okay, hoping and crossing your fingers, right? Not taking these unneeded hits. Even though he was very electric at Purdue, turning everything into punt returns, all of these things, don't take those unnecessary hits much like Kyler right I mean it's kind of this unwritten rule that nobody really wants to talk about but wide receivers are okay running out of bounds or diving on the ground because you've got to be available for 17 weeks and you can't have an ankle injury or you can't have a hamstring injury or you can't get hit too hard like that takes its toll on you and being a younger guy that has to feel like he proves himself each and every week you have to find that balance but with a guy like that that has speed as one of his greatest assets to your point you can do that from all over the field you can do that yes from the slot you can get across to the backside of the field or you can affect safeties you can affect people down the middle of the field you can be all over the field and there's definitely ways to, to scheme that up for him to be able to do it he's also got to be in the right spot he's got to have the right discipline to be able to attract those safeties to be able to get over backers to stay under safeties to be able to see corners to be able to sit down in zone run out of man all of these things that you need to do he's still learning and adapting but, again, the arrow is pointing up. The understanding that he has, how intelligent he is as a football player, is well documented. Now he's got to put this all together in year two. But there's so much reason for hope because of, A, the people around him. I mean, Sean Jefferson is a tremendous wide receiver coach. But all these veterans that he has to learn from and can do so much with. So there is extreme optimism for all of those uh, reasons that I just mentioned. And remember, no DeAndre Hopkins those first six games. So right out of the gate, even more of a need for not just Rondell Moore, but for everyone else on that offense to step up. But I'm very curious, Drew, here just to see how – it's one thing to say it as far as increasing that route tree. All right, now we need to see it within D-Hop, Hollywood, A.J. Green, Zach Ertz, James Conner. You can have a plan. Now you just need to make sure you execute that plan. Exactly, and that's what it is. And again, it's going to evolve over time. Training camp, they're going in with a thought process of, okay, we need to move guys around here, do different things. You script stuff specifically to see what it's going to look like because, again, the beauty of going against advanced Joseph defense, they're going to change the picture post-snap. So you've got to be able to read, react, and that's why I loved in training camp for myself going against the Todd Bowles style of defense. You were getting everything in the kitchen sink thrown at you. You were so prepared versus some of these teams that you might go against like a vanilla style of defense you're seeing cover one you know man across the border you're seeing cover three which is just a single high safety a lot more of the league has adapted and changed to what's going on so you've got to be able to read react study understand and through training camp with Vance Joseph you're going to see all of these different looks you've got to be in tune to what's going on you've got to be dialed in so that really gives Cliff an opportunity to sit there and script things up with everybody on his offensive staff to saying let's you know let's move Rondell out in this formation here or let's move Hollywood here and see what we can do or try and get him 
across the field, see if they can open up this window. So there's so many nuances and the beauty of training camp is to really see what you have at the entire wide receiver group and also at tight ends, right? You can move guys, mix and match and see what the, was going on there. But there is that void that you're talking about. Somebody's going to be catching passes those first six weeks. Um, and so being able to see what that is, who that is, who you have confidence in, and you might not know that right away. It might change over the course of that, that month and a half that he's out, but you at least want to have a plan going in that can then adapt. And then, of course, Paul, just what Rondell Moore is able to do, you talk about Hollywood Brown and the ability to get that separation and that speed aspect that Hollywood brings. Rondell Moore, I mean, he's right there as well as far as being able to make sure that those safeties are further back and not near the line of scrimmage. And you know what? Those two guys were pushing each other this offseason. In fact, there was a Rondell Moore press conference and one of the media guys went, oh, geez, who's faster? You know, you or Hollywood Brown? And he smiled. There is that question. Rondell Moore's always been used to being the quickest guy. Same with Hollywood Brown. So I think that's a good dynamic. Those two pushing each other. And I'll tell you this much, going back to Drew's days, there was a an 80-yard touchdown run by Andre Ellington once upon a time. And I remember talking to Andre Ellington that for about the next month to six weeks, every time he stepped on the field, the defense would loosen up. Guys, would, So if the Cardinals can get a big play touchdown early in the season from a Rondell Moore or a Hollywood Brown, it's amazing how far that might go in terms of loosening up a defense and having to respect that speed. You get out there with 4-3 or sub-4-3 speed, you're automatically going to get a little extra cushion. Remember what Hollywood Brown told us in the offseason, that if you look at some of the analytics, nobody gets more cushion over the last two or three years than Hollywood Brown. That's the sort of respect he gets from secondaries. And then you bring up a Zach Ertz. You, know, you go back to that, that Houston game when Nuke was healthy, and boom, he had that 47-yard touchdown catch and run. Zach Ertz said it was the most green he'd ever seen in his 10 years in the league. Well, if you can get all these different weapons on the receiving end firing, it's amazing what might open up underneath for the tight ends. Did not see a lot of Rondell Moore as really as far as stretching the field as a pass catcher. It was more near around the line of scrimmage. I always go back to it, those next-gen stats and Rondell Moore averaging 1.1 yards of targeted air yards, meaning it was behind the line of scrimmage, at the line of scrimmage, or just in front of the line of scrimmage. And yeah, you want to get the ball into your playmakers out in space, Drew, but to everyone's talking point here is that speed aspect. Get him moving vertically and then hitting him in stride. Yeah, exactly. The the spatial awareness of how it all fits together. And again, you kind of jumped into it uh, without knowing what was going on, and we saw so much optimism for Rondell throughout training camp, and he did such a tremendous job of showing up every single day work but again you've got to be able to to taper yourself understand what's going on throughout the course of the entire season and this game plan is going to evolve every week of how they go about it what they're going to do so the one yards of air travel will not be the case this year i can guarantee that um based off of what he's able to do again there's so many ways that you could go about trying to attack a defense with the skill set that we have uh everybody with the wide receivers and tight ends included even the running backs I mean, you you put this whole picture together and you get Hollywood and you get um, Rondell on the same side together. You get him a stacked alignment. You get free releases. I mean, there's so many things that Cliff can sit there and say, man, this is going to be really fun. And it's just a matter of seeing what uh, shows up on film, what shows up each and every day that you uh, get a chance to go out there and and play against some really good defenders. Nearly a thousand all-purpose yards last season. 435 receiving yards. That's a number that should 
dramatically increase in year two for Rondell Moore. And if you want to see number four in action, Arizona Cardinals season tickets are available now. Go to azcardinals.com slash season for more information. We've had halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. Coming up next, yeah, a lot of offensive discussion. How about the defense and those younger pieces, specifically those players entering year four? It's not just Kyler Murray going into year four, but some key defensive players as well. What's their next step? As training camp officially kicked off on Tuesday, we're talking about it here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Second and 11 under center is Prescott. He takes, drops back to throw in trouble. Steps up, and he gets away from a Cardinal. Runs forward, fumble the ball at the 40, and the Cardinals jump on it at the 44-yard line. Dak coughed it up, and it's recovered by Arizona. Dennis Gardeck has the ball. Isaiah Simmons popped it out, recovered by Gardeck. A huge play by Isaiah Simmons, who came on the blitz and then missed the tackle attempt, but continued to follow Dak Prescott downfield and punch the pig out. What a play by number nine. The birthday boy. Drew, I can't think of a better way to celebrate your 24th birthday than to report to training camp and go through the conditioning tests. And that's exactly what Isaiah Simmons did today. Hopefully somebody got some birthday cake or something. I, mean, I would if I was his teammate, because that's that's not a way you want to send, spend your birthday. It is not. But hey, when you're born in late July, you know that's what's going to happen when you're in the National Football League. We welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. Craig Riola, Drew Stanton, and Paul Calvisi as we turn our attention to the defense, and specifically those handful of players, those young players. And let's touch on Simmons, Paul, because if if the offensive conversation this offseason was dominated by the quarterback, then the defensive conversation this offseason might have been dominated by the inside linebackers, Simmons and Zayvon Collins, and specifically with Simmons. Where is he going to line up on that football field? And guess what? Uh, are they really going to show their hand? Because I've joked with Wolf before, you know, there are a few things I don't believe in life. When Wolf says he can drop and do 70 push-ups, I don't buy it. And every time Vance Joseph says that Isaiah Simmons is going to be an inside linebacker, I just don't buy it based on the first couple of years. I think it's gamesmanship. I think it's by design. Now, okay, if he's going to have a home, maybe it's an inside linebacker, but we saw no evidence of that this offseason. We'll see what the game plan portends, but when he's out there attending DB camps, you realize, guess what? They have a lot more in store for Isaiah Simmons than just playing weak side inside linebacker, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. If they're looking to give an offense something to think about, minus Chandler Jones now, because what is all every offensive game plan last few years, few years started with? Uh, it was how do we contain number 55? Well, now that guy might be number nine, Isaiah Simmons. What do we do about that dynamic force on defense who could be at any level of the defense? 
We saw him last year on the edge. We saw him mug in the A-gap. You obviously saw him at linebacker. You saw him playing deep center field safety. So, Drew, you tell me, when a quarterback breaks the huddle, there is always that guy or two on defense that you're looking for. Okay, where is that guy? And Isaiah Simmons could be tracking to be, you know, the player that a quarterback breaks the huddle and he keeps his head on a swivel and he's looking for him. I think he needs to be that guy for this team and for this defense to be as good as they can be. He has to be that guy. And uh, it starts again throughout the course of the week. You identify those quote unquote game wreckers as you go into a game. Okay, We have to know that where he's at all times, we've got to know where this guy's at at all times. And especially with somebody that with a multiple skill set like Isaiah, he can move around. You want to know and identify where he's at. You don't want to have him end up in a bad situation on, from an offensive standpoint of getting a back on him or something like that. You want to make sure that he can't affect the game because he can make those splash plays that we've grown accustomed to seeing, and hopefully he makes them with more regularity. But at the same time, a guy like that that is so multiple that you can move around and you can stay in a base defense, you can you know you can feel good about putting him out over the slot, or you can have him rush the passer. I mean, uh, that's why you would jump up and you have somebody like that that you get excited about seeing, um, and you grab him in the top of the first round because he has that type of effect that hopefully can be. A generational talent for years to come here. Played five different positions last season. The question is what position or positions will Simmons play this season? The subject of Isaiah Simmons on the Day Pash podcast with Pash asking Kingsbury to name one defensive player who he believes will be making a giant leap this season. Is there a player in particular that when you talk with Vance, you guys are like, man, this this is going to be his year. We got a feeling about this dude. Is there anybody? I, I'd say Isaiah Simmons. Okay. I think we we found a a role for him that we feel like can maximize what he does best, and and he's such a dynamic athlete. And when he's not thinking and and just playing fast and attacking the football, good things happen for us. Uh, and this is year three in the system. Uh, I, I really saw some nice flashes this offseason, and I expect him to play really well. Quote a role. That's singular. Now, that might be just more coach speak than anything else, but there was something left on the table, if you will. So we'll find out once we get to the open portion of training camp, where is number nine? All right, other players on the defense, and I kind of teased it, Drew, but those players entering year four, the same draft class as Kyler Murray. Zach Allen coming off his best season as a pro. Jalen Thompson coming off his best season as a pro. Byron Murphy making that next step as a number one cornerback. Those are the three that I'm really interested in what they are able to do this season. Yeah, well, I I think when if we could just get the same season from Zach Allen, everybody would be happy. I mean, everybody loves seeing his little sack dance, which I love. I think Jalen Thompson has asserted himself as one of the best safeties in this league. It's just unfortunately that <laughs> he is paired up with Buda Baker, so he doesn't get the recognition he deserves. But I think he's a tremendous talent in and of himself. That uh, I'm, mean, how much more of a leap can he actually take? Now, if you're talking about number one corners, that's where I think Byron Murphy can fit in. He was around the ball very much. So early in the season, he kind of you know faded into the abyss as the season went on. If you're going to be a number one corner, you're lining up against the guy every week, and you better bring your lunch pail. I mean, we were very spoiled by having Patrick Peterson for as many years as we had within this organization. 
So to have an elite level number one corner, they're hard to find. Byron Murphy wants to be that guy. He talks like that guy. Now he has to go out and be that because, again, his contract's coming up. He's got to be able to do that. But the other guy that I'm looking to see take a even bigger leap would be Marco Wilson because I think he has the talent to do it. And there's that, again, much like Rondell Moore last year, being a rookie, being adjusted, all of these things that it takes to be in a professional and play at a high level for 17 weeks. It's hard. And you've got to learn. You've got to adjust. You have to adapt. But his demeanor, his approach, the program, that he came from, all of these things would lead you to believe that Marco Wilson has the capability to step up, and we need him to, because there's not many other guys that you're looking at right now that are either on the street or that are inside this building that are going to say, okay, we want him to play opposite the corner away from Byron Murphy. Depth at cornerback, Paul. It's got to be Byron Murphy, Marco Wilson, and then question mark after that. But Byron Murphy, Marco Wilson, if they can be a tandem, not just for this season, but for years to come, then you like how this defense shapes up down the road. And, you know, when we started this offseason, there was a lot of talk about maybe just maybe they could put Byron Murphy inside, where they think he's elite as an inside slot corner. They don't have that luxury right now, not after the tragic passing of Jeff Gladney. And so Byron Murphy is going to be an outside corner uh, until maybe somehow, some way, they get a Kime time sign in here sometime soon, which is a definite possibility based on what Steve Kime told us the end of last week after the Kyla Murray press conference. As for Marco Wilson, you know, it's a great observation by Drew, and towards the end of last season, Christian Kirk told us on an episode of the Big Red Rage, because we always believe players you know players, and he brought up on his own Marco Wilson, and how, for a rookie, how impressive he was, and how you never really saw him get torched. He never really got beat bad. Now, he got beat, but it was just, he was always just a few inches away, so if you think maybe from year one to year two, he can close that gap, literally, you know, he could be the guy who takes a big step, because he has all the skills you would need and the size to be that guy at corner and then someone we've seen before and we didn't see him last year by his own admission he wasn't quite the same coming off the torn ACL but I think we're going to get a sense early in this camp Dennis Gardeck is he going to be the guy he was in 2020 is that possible is that feasible is that doable for Dennis Gardeck to somehow replicate seven sacks and 93 defensive snaps and he also had about a dozen quarterback pressures over that span replacing Chandler Jones as part of that rotation in 2020 about five days from now you're going to get O-line against D-line full pads full contact full go and I think we'll get a sense as to what Dennis Gardeck looks like and how much he might be able to help the Cardinals, especially in those passing downs. Well, Paul, Gardeck has the same questions that we do when he met with reporters in March as far as was that a fluke talking about himself in 2020. But you get a sense with more reps, more opportunities, and the chance at getting into the backfield. Maybe not finishing all the time, but at least affecting the quarterback. Yeah, if there's one guy who wants to prove it right away this season, it is Dennis Gardeck. And it's not just prove it to commentators like us. I I think he wants to prove it to himself that 2020 was not a fluke. And we did talk to Charlie Bull and the outside linebackers coach. He said, if you go back and you watch the film from 2021 last season, he did a lot to free up other guys, meaning he was a problem for offensive linemen last year despite the lack of sack numbers. And rewarded with a three-year contract this offseason to remain with the Arizona Cardinals. It's the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
here comes Kyler Murray, the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, and the future of the franchise takes the field for the first time. That is a great throw, a great read by Kyler Murray. Boy, you could just see it. Kyler Murray and the confidence starting to grow. They have seen the Heisman Trophy winner, a winner his whole life, backing it up with his play. At the 30, at the 20, at the 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Kyler Murray, you are ridiculous. Murray magic. Nasty is as nasty does. And we all know that Kyler Murray is nasty. The stuff you see in dreams and in video games, but not in the NFL. First player in league history with 3,500-plus passing yards and 400-plus rushing yards in each of his first three seasons. That's what Kyler Murray has accomplished. And now you add in his best friend. Hollywood Brown into this offense and what to expect here in 2022. Well, we know what our expectations are. What about the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, on the Day Patch podcast, giving his reasons to be excited about Hollywood? The comfort level of the quarterback is huge. I don't think you can put a number on that as far as how valuable that is. I mean, they've been best friends for the last, whatever, five, six years. When you watch them play together, the communication, you know, they're on the same page from day one, and that that's a big deal. And then when I called Lincoln and just did some background, he, he basically told me that's the best practice player I've ever had. So to have a guy like that that goes out and grinds each and every day at practice, puts in the work, um, those are the type of guys you want on your team to set the example. Chemistry between quarterback and receiver. Drew, you can speak to it better than anyone as far as what that relationship means, not only on the field, but off the field as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it starts with an off-the-field relationship that then carries over on the field because you have a trust, you have a respect, um, you have an understanding about what he can do for you from a quarterback's perspective of where you can put the ball, you know, the limitations, and there's not very much that he is limited to, that, that you feel good about a guy like that that has put in the work and the time and effort, as Cliff talked about, that can go out there and make big plays because this league is about making big plays. They have not seen them from him so far because he hasn't been asked to do that so much in Baltimore, but he is going to get so many opportunities week in and week out to be able to do that for us. And needed even more, Paul, because of the absence at least the first third of the season. No D-hop, but you got Hollywood Brown to plug in. No one's looking forward to that challenge more than Hollywood Brown. Just listen to him. He firmly believes he hasn't even come close to showcasing his true potential in the NFL. Yeah, he was a thousand-yard receiver, but he did so as a third or fourth option. It was run first, second, and third in that Ravens offense, and then it was three tight ends, and then it was Hollywood Brown. So the Cardinals feel like there's a lot of untapped potential left in Hollywood Brown, and without D-Hop, it's got to produce week one. First time, Cardinal fans, you can see Hollywood Brown in action at training camp this Saturday. Go to azcardinals.com. Special thanks behind the scenes. Jim Omohundro, Zach Larson. For Paul Calvisi, Drew Stanton, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you in a week's time. It's the Cardinals Red Sea Report here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.